0: Hello and welcome to MacBytes episode 49. I'm Mike Thomas and I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles. And in this episode, an amazing Apple week, a sighting of the lesser spotted iWork 11 and forced calendar updates. Elaine won't be happy about that.
1: She's not. But first, better news. Uh, my battery saga continues. Um, this week, I heard from Bob DeGrand on Twitter, who also recommended the Onaloupe batteries or Enaloop, however you want to say it. So I ordered a set and amazingly, they arrived within 48 hours. I refused to pay extra for postage, so I was quite surprised they arrived so early. Um, they did arrive charged, but not fully charged, I don't think. So I've put them in and they are undergoing testing. The first day did not look hopeful. I lost 11% in the first day, but the second day only 1%. So I'm thinking possibly I'm the problem with the batteries or maybe they need a good proper charge. So watch this space. I will have more news when I've tested them more. Didn't you get a charger with it? I got a set of um, eight batteries in a box and I also got another set of four that came with a charger. But I must have half a dozen different battery chargers and I don't think they need a special one. The battery charger that I've got, um, I've gone for because you know how battery chargers come with like a huge block and two cables and they're really annoying to pack. Well, this one doesn't. It just uses a standard two point electrical cable so I can actually use any cable that I've got. You know, they're, they're the same as for hard drives and stuff. So um, I've tried that and it also discharges the batteries as well as charges them. It actually took longer to discharge one of the batteries than it did charge them. So it's pretty fast charging as well. I would say they charged in about two hours, which is pretty good. So uh, I'll see how they go.
0: That sounds good. The only downside, of course, is with it not being an Apple charger. There were no stickers.
1: No, but I do have enough stickers to decorate it. It, it, it needs it. Actually, it, it's grey. It's not white. I've still heard from nobody who is prepared to admit they've bought the Apple batteries. Now, I know better people. I know there's somebody out there that has. So it's a case of who's going to admit it first. Didn't Jane buy one? I thought so, but she's been very quiet. <laughs> so before I start sending the little MacBites imps round to check, somebody needs to come clean and tell me. I shall leave that there. I shall not name any further names. I shall leave that to you
0: okay um if we move on um barry came back to us didn't he over um your mail problem or should i say your email problem
1: yes my your... mysteriously multiplying email backups uh not multiplying in mail just the backups yeah barry said that um he doesn't know if i used apple mail which i do but Barry has had his mailboxes and to do's duplicating themselves all over the place, which does sound suspiciously like it would lead to my backup problem. So uh, what he's said is that he's using mobile me, which I do use, but I also use a lot of other accounts. And what's happened for him is that um, Apple mail is deciding that it wants to use the me.com possibly as well as the mac.com, which would lead to duplicates. Now, I've had a look that's not happening for me now. I don't know why it would happen for some and not others, because I have had a bit of mobile me trouble this week. I think we probably all have. I think they're making big changes ready for um, all the announcements. So I've certainly had issues, but not that one. So I've gone through my mail and I'm not seeing duplicates at all. It's just the backups that are continually multiplying. So I can see why uh, Barry would potentially be having problems with backups. But no, it's not that for me. Uh, I don't actually use my mobile me address for much at all. You're probably talking about two or three emails in a week. Uh, most of my mail comes through to an account that I've had for years and years and gets lots and lots of spam as well, which isn't so good. But SpamSiv takes care of that. So I know it's not spam either. And in fact, since Christmas, I'm sure we mentioned this, I'm finding a lot less spam since Christmas. It It did peak a bit about two weeks ago, but now it's gone down again. So I'm seeing less spam. So I don't think it's that either.
0: I've been seeing less spam until today when my iPhone got full of it.
1: Mm, but I don't know what that particularly was, because you didn't have a problem here with the machine you use as a server. So
0: no, that that was strange. But going back to Barry, where he said he had uh, folders within folders, that is a problem that I had, but it wasn't on mobile me. It was it was on just my IMAP account on my main email address.
1: If I have problems with an email account in terms of where the folders are, it's always an IMAP one. there's always something wrong with it um i it it does put especially gmail accounts it does put a set, an extra set of folders now you can move them and i have done i did do that on the phone with, with one set of them and then it moved them back not straight away you know it left it alone for a week and then for no reason at all moved them back And uh, i know you've had worse problems than that so what i've decided to do in the end is just leave them alone hide the sidebar if it bothers me because you know i do like control of where I put stuff but your problem was even worse and it, it doesn't happen with mine
0: yeah in the end it, it wasn't my mobile me account as I say but in the end I actually deleted I emptied my mailboxes I deleted the uh the accounts and I just uh did the the scorched earth policy or the or the, the new can pave as people call it and I think it sorted it out but I didn't look actually
1: well I know you've done it more than once you you've done that at least three times Suppose if it's working, it doesn't matter if there's multiple folders. Now I know it's a known issue, does air quotes. love known issues. <laughs> not. Um, I'm actually getting heartily sick of email, to be honest. I'm sick <laughs> yes, of: sort- I know. I'm sick of sorting one problem out after another. so um, and I, I seem to be getting, like I said last week, I'm getting far too much that I'm sure I didn't sign up for. So um, yeah, inbox zero is just a dim and distant memory for me sadly command a
0: delete i've told you that. i
1: know but they need replying to and they need me to do things and then if i leave one email in there i swear it breeds because if i've got inbox zero i can keep it like that until i leave one email in it and then when i turn around there's 200 in there maybe, maybe, I've, breeding, got Barry, like yeah, maybe I've got barry's problem maybe they are secretly breeding yes this could be it they could be secretly breeding anyway no i'm off email i'm really off email Obviously, I'm hoping that I get a fantastic email client in an update, maybe, soon. And I'll be tempted back to um, Inbox Zero Beauty. But until then, oh well.
0: Or an email that turns up that says, Sir, uh, work 11 is out.
1: Indeed. Yes, we heard from Derek. Derek was red hot with this one, wasn't he? Um, yes, we've been calling it the lesser spotted eye work, As we've yet to see it out in the wild, for real. Think David Attenborough. Yes. He spotted it. Uh, I think it was the German Amazon site, wasn't it?
0: I'd love to know what he was doing on the German Amazon site.
1: I've no idea, but he spotted iWork. Yes, I was thrilled, but still nothing officially. So I am now hoping that the 2nd of March, you know, new iPads, new everything else we've had, that somebody could actually poke somebody at Apple and say, you've not forgotten iWork, have you? And hopefully it will be with us soon. Please, please, please. I I really, the more I think about it, the more I need a keynote update. This isn't just gratuitous, you know. I need a keynote update. I really need it.
0: Talking of spotting things, I wonder how many people spotted your faux pas over uh, iPhone 5 last week, because I certainly didn't. And I listened to, well, yeah, I listened to it twice, didn't I? And I think you had to point it out to me.
1: Yes. You listened to it once and told me that you'd listened to it and everything was fine with it. But I knew I'd said it. And I thought, I wonder if he'll notice. But no, you didn't. But uh, now everyone will know because you've drawn their attention to it.
0: But you did Twitter it.
1: I, I did. No, 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 that was me. That was a MacBytes account. Life of its oh, own, so... that account.
0: Oh, right. So Absolutely. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have a word with the MacBytes Twitter account and you know, tell them to to not give your little secrets Gaz when...
1: noticed. Gaz misses nothing. Gaz noticed no, straight I, away. I no, think,
0: I think Gaz read the tweet.
1: No, no, I think Gaz noticed. I really do. <laughs> yes, I inadvertently said iPhone 5. I obviously meant iPhone 4. I have no insider knowledge at all. Because if I did, I wouldn't be still, still sat here. Salivating over the prospect of iWork eleven. I'd be sat here using it. So no, it was a complete accident. I meant iPhone 4.
0: Well, whilst you're on the back foot, why don't we look at mobile me as well? Because there's been a number of issues with that this week.
1: Oh, do we have to? Mobile me. Apart from mo- magically multiplying mobile me mail, and that's not easy to say at this time of night. Uh yes, calendar issues. Um I did update to the great calendar beta of, I think it was last summer, wasn't it? Uh, July-ish rings a bell. They started yeah. a beta programme. And of course, I like to be on the cutting edge with everything. And I um, I did look... I did
0: Sometimes too much for your, your own
1: good, I think. This was one of those occasions, actually. Yes, I did read up about it. Um, I obviously thought, well, it's a beta and there may potentially be issues. But I did it anyway. I registered. You have to register. So I registered my interest. And then a few days later, I think it's like the cooling off period. (laughs) Do you really want to do this? Are you sure? I got the email and I thought, yeah, I'll do this. No problem. problem." And I did. Big, big, big mistake. It was dreadful. Um, It wasn't too bad on the desktop. A couple of hair-raising moments where it does totally delete every calendar you've ever had. That was slightly worrying. so And I, then
0: puts them back again. It
1: does. So as you're sitting there looking at it, hyperventilating, thinking everything's gone, it starts coming back little by little. So that wasn't too bad. It did come back. Uh, but you lost the folders that your calendars were in. And I thought that was a bit poor. But my main problem was trying to get things sorted out on the iPad and the iPhone. So it was all synchronised with Mobile MobileMe. Um, I don't think it was actually fit for beta. It It wasn't really fit for Alpha. It was dreadful. I just could not do it. And then I decided, no, it wasn't ready. And it was okay. There was a get out of jail free card. You could elect to downgrade. So I did pretty quickly. Hmm. I think I had that on for all of 20 minutes. Uh, But downgrading made its own problems. I could not get the iPad. Uh, I think now, was it the iPad that didn't support it or something? You had to I use can't remember. You had to use WebDav, Caldav, some, something else to subscribe to it, But it was the phone that caused the most problems for me. I could not get the phone to disconnect from it. I deleted it, I, I deleted mobile, me, I had done the whole thing. It just would not have it. So it ended up that it had duplicates. And then, of course, yes, it's the old duplicate saga. You either have nothing or duplicates of everything. Uh, It duplicated back everything that was on the calendar. It moved to the iPhone calendar. So when you then resynchronized it with MobileMe, you ended up with two of everything, which then synchronized back to MobileMe and you could well end up with four of everything. So it was great fun that not. So I made the decision then that they dragged me to this thing kicking and screaming which is pretty much what it's reported they intend to do, which is their Well, it's reported. I haven't had an email, but people are reporting, and plenty of them, that they have had an email, and the email is telling them that the 5th of May is when everybody will be moved to the new MobileMe calendar.
0: Or as they say, may the 4th be with you.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I don't,
0: I'm scared. I don't
1: want to do this at all. And you, you obviously can't. Leave, well, we have quite a complicated calendar set up with me sharing with you, you sharing with me. We've also got Google calendars involved for MacBytes. I don't want it to automatically upgrade I'm obviously going to have to have something to do with this or it's going to be even worse I read a great article from uh, Zeldman who is um you'll know him from CSS and uh, web development and he had mobile me calendar issues pretty much experienced what I did and that's now because I was surprised the beta started in July it ended in October so it, it's been released and it's been out for a good few months and it still doesn't work or there are still problems. And his experience was pretty similar to mine. Uh, it seems to be working better if you're not trying to synchronise. Yes, think that through. <laughs> who,
0: who doesn't synchronise? Uh, <laughs> I think I'm, very
1: few people synchronise with nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure everybody's trying to synchronise with something and some setups are going to be more complicated than others. But I wondered why you would force people to move, I was wondering if it indicated an early lion release.
0: Could be, but I, yeah, I don't think so. I think lion'll still be. It'll still be up for the for, for, in the summer, I think.
1: Well, either way, that is my Easter holiday sorted out. Ten minutes for the upgrade, ten days to fix the mess.
0: Mm, I like that, but uh, I can't see Apple PR paying you for that tagline.
1: Truth hurts.
0: Very true.
1: No, there are still problems with it. Um, people are. I was reading articles and I thought some of this wouldn't apply to me, but I mean, it would apply to other people. The older iOS devices don't have any native support for it. Uh, I don't use Entourage, but plenty do. And certainly in a corporate environment, apparently it doesn't work with that at all. It's not natively compatible, even with 10.5 Leopard, which absolutely blew me away. I thought surely it would be compatible, you know, just one version back. You can enable uh, pretty basic functionality with Leopard. Uh, There's a support article I will put in the show notes, but I just think it should be you support that Um, outlook support is patchy at best, which again, doesn't concern me in the slightest, but with outlook now being part of office on here, corporates are going to uh, be using that. And a lot of people would be tempted over from the windows platform with the promise of being able to use software that they're familiar with. So to have patchy support, not great. Uh, and apparently there is still no support for calendar groups so my only hope there is that busycal will support calendar groups but obviously i haven't checked it yet because i haven't upgraded yet so i'm still very very concerned about having to do that
0: busycal's got issues of its own though hasn't it um isn't there another version out today which you know you said to me back everything up Double back it up and triple back it up. I don't
1: know what went on with that. Um, I don't think it was a beta version of BusyCal, but it could have been because I have got the box ticked for beta versions. Uh, One thing that happens with BusyCal is when you install an update, I always... What I used to do was download the DMG because we've talked about, you know, you want the DMG to put on other machines and stuff. Uh, So usually I download the DMG. But with BusyCal, I found that if I upgrade it from the DMG... I really need to do a reboot before everything settles down. Whereas if I go to BusyCal, if I open it up and I've got it ticked in the preferences to check or I go and do a manual check, it will prompt me to restart the dock. And I you have to restart the dock or it doesn't work properly. So that was what I opted to do. Now, I did have everything backed up, but it's still rather unnerving because what actually happened to me was um, it it installed it. So you, you get your, you know, close it down and re- install it dialog box so I got that I did that and when it came back the the entire calendar was blank so you have that hair raising moment as you think I did back this up didn't I and I have got multiple copies haven't I and if I click that button quickly will it not synchronize with mobile me and wipe everything else out um, then I realized that busy calendar actually crashed so it wasn't doing anything at all so I quickly went into the file system to see the calendar folder in my library folder and everything was just sat there. So it hadn't actually wiped anything out there. It was just sat there doing nothing. So I forced quit that, um, went back into it. Everything appeared. So I thought, oh, it's fine. You know, it had updated fine. I had no problems with BusyCal actually, which was odd, because then what happened was everything else stopped working. Now, with a Mac, you can usually shut down an app and everything carries on working, you know, uh, with no problems. What this was doing was every app on the Mac was doing something strange. Uh, I couldn't alt and tab, uh, command and tab between things. I luckily had witch installed, which meant I could see what it was thinking were hidden apps. So it thought half these apps were hidden and thus it had taken them out of the command and tab window that floats over um, your desktop. So I thought, this is not right at all. But I'm thinking, well, what's caused this? So I decided I would restart the Finder, which usually sorts it out. Uh, That did no good either. It did restart the Finder, but I was still finding I had applications running that weren't in the dock. And when I clicked on an application in the dock, uh, I don't have applications in my dock unless they're running. If anybody's seen a picture of my dock, I have two icons on my dock when I start my Mac. There's Finder and and the trash can, and that's only because I can't get rid of those. So there is, I have a very minimal dock and there's nothing there unless it's running. And what was happening was, as I was clicking on applications, thinking, why isn't this doing anything? It was actually making them disappear from the dock. So it was actually just clicking on an icon was making the application disappear. So at this stage, I'm thinking this needs a reboot, which I hate doing that. I've had to to update Airfoil three times in the last 10 days. And every time it needs a reboot. And it's very inconvenient. I don't like having my Mac off, not even for 10 seconds. Don't we know. mm, So I had to reboot again. Uh, When it came back, I'm sure you've seen this, and I hate it. It's it's an indication to me that something's not right. You know when it reboots and it puts the default Snow Leopard wallpaper on? Yeah. Mm, The space thing. So I looked and thought, oh, no. I knew it wasn't right uh, and it took quite a while to sort of I went in I tried to get into the um, system preferences and it took quite a while to get there so I managed to get the wallpaper right and I thought I think I'll have to reboot just once more for good luck uh, and that time it came back and it was okay but I did say be very very careful with that because not sure what was going on Could, might not have been BusyCal but uh, BusyCal did quit and, and come up blank and all sorts of weird things so I, I better check if that's a beta hadn't I
0: well, I'm not taking the risk, so I've, uh, I've, I've, I've not even been into BusyCal tonight uh, for fear of it coming up and saying, there's a new version, and me accidentally clicking, yes, I'd like to install it.
1: Yeah, leave it alone until we've done the podcast, and then you can do whatever you like.
0: <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it, it's the same. You see,
1: that's what I would normally do, but I'm so tempted by new software, I can't help myself.
0: Don't we know it? Yes. I, I, you, need, you need a test machine, don't you?
1: Oh, can I have another one? I'll take that as a no.
0: <laughs> I'm saying nothing.
1: <sighs> you do that a lot. Uh anyway, this week saw the demise of the Mobile Me retail box. Um a bit sad really because you could always get it cheaper than Apple were prepared to let you have it. So And
0: you like the touchy touchy feely feely, don't you?
1: There's two stickers in the box. Yes, you're right. Do you know, I didn't think of that when they... When, oh dear! They're gonna have to just start something. Virtual the stickers. stickers. Virtual stickers don't do it for stickers. me. Virtual stickers. That
0: that's the way. No, to no, go.
1: no, they don't do it for me. So it would have been nice to uh, carry on getting it cheaper, but who knows? They've obviously got big plans for mobile me. Uh, it also makes sense for them, I think. There's probably a lot of fake ones out there that um, people probably find out about at the point they try and register them. So uh, I used to buy in bulk. You can get two when you buy a Mac. So I've had to uh, raid the cupboards and make sure that I have actually used them all night. I think we have. So uh, interesting to see what will happen there. I'm predicting something must be about to happen. But as you know, with iPhone 5 and my prediction, I know nothing at all. Nothing at all. But what we do know is that there were new MacBook Pros this week. And they look rather nice. And my laptop's four and a half years old now, you know.
0: Silence again. <laughs> yeah,
1: I can still hear a no coming on. Oh, dear.
0: <laughs> they, do look, they do look very nice, don't
1: they? Um, well, physically, they're exactly the same, aren't they? But that port, the Thunderbolt port. Bit...
0: Yes, the the mm. port where there's nothing to plug in.
1: That's the one. Well, the first thing to be announced was a LaCie drive. Yeah, right. Yeah, to stony silence here, I'm afraid. <laughs> Yes, Bang. let's see. Not good. Not good at all. The uh, drives are okay. I've not had good use with the power supply. So my first thought was this Thunderbolt thing is running so fast. If the if the power supplies won't power a USB 2 drive, what is the chance it's going to last me more than ooh, 5, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um that is the first peripheral to be announced. I hope there's a lot, lot more because otherwise it's just um a very expensive hole on the side of your laptop really isn't it
0: <laughs> good way of describing it wasn't there some was it was there a um a monitor or something else that was um announced i'm sure there was the there was the see and I, th- I thought there was something else
1: i've seen a video of thunderbolt in action it was an intel guy demoing it and he had all sorts plugged into it and the throughput was absolutely amazing so it's. I think it's actually good to see Apple putting on uh, the latest technology because we've been, well, me in particular, I, I will admit, uh, wanted Blu-ray for backup. I've come around to Steve's way of thinking that hard drives is the answer, so never mind. Um, but they never did adopt Blu-ray technology, although they did put sort of CDs on and, and pension off floppy drives way quicker than other companies. So I, I'm I'm glad to see that they're sort of on the cutting edge with this. But they're so cutting edge that there's not actually anything to plug into it. The guy from Intel had um, a Blu-ray player plugged into it, um, with high-def video going backwards and forwards. He had monitors, he had hard drives, he had like a NAS hanging off it. The speeds were fantastic. But I think, being realistic, they're not even available yet. When they are, they're going to be the cost is going to be prohibitive. I think you're looking at maybe eighteen months to two years before you can really find something and think, yes, this is actually for me and go out and replace stuff with it. I'd love to put all my hard drives on something like that. And I know you're supposed to be able to use multiple monitors with it as well, somehow. So yes, I'm looking forward to it, but I think we're a little bit of a way off yet.
0: Is it going to work on Windows, do you know? Is it a Mac only technology? No,
1: this demonstration was running um, on some sort of Windows box. I, I obviously didn't go into that in any detail whatsoever but no it wasn't a mac it was running on it was an intel video so it was windows Mm,
0: interesting times ahead really isn't it so
1: you really think they're going to put that in at work Uh, no the company that has only just left ie6 behind
0: (laughs) yeah and moved to the
1: dizzying heights of ie7 IE7. Mm.
0: yeah they were um there's been a few comments this week on, on the yammer um discussion board about how ie7's out of date ie8's out of date. IE9's almost out of date and we're still there on IE7 and there's a lot of websites now um, that that won't let you in on IE7.
1: I don't think I've used IE since 6. I think I, I, IE6 was there when I left Windows but obviously on Windows I didn't use it anyway. I used Opera. Yeah, you're not missing much, don't worry. Oh good, <laughs> I didn't think so. Anyway, the other big news of the week, uh, because the MacBook Pros would be even bigger news at MacBytes headquarters if I stood a chance of getting one. Hint, hint, birthday, May. Uh, Yes, but the other news, something I can probably afford, is Lion, which hopefully will be with us sooner rather than later. And I was surprised at the depth of the preview we got this week. Don't know about you. Yeah, I, you know, I
0: thought it would just be a, a brief overview, and I must admit, at first, I didn't take that much notice. But as more and more um, articles came out, more and more websites came out, I did start having a, a, a decent look through it, and there are some very interesting features in there. I, I can, think
1: some of those, to be honest, are probably supposed to be NDA. Um, I can
0: see my 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 screen getting full of finger. T- oh, it's not supposed to work like an iPad. No, is no, it?
1: no. It just looks like that um mm-hmm. the stuff that apple officially mentioned was cool and obviously the stuff that was unofficially mentioned was even cooler uh what struck me first was um there's something called podcast publisher which i've got a mac server and there is something similar on there to do that it's two halves at the moment there's the client side of it and there's the bit that runs on the server what this is going to do is make publishing podcasts much easier you love things that say that don't you
0: it is, but I, you know, I think anybody who's involved in podcasting knows that there's there's a lot more to it than just sit down, record, and throw it in a black box called podcast publisher, and, and <laughs> out comes a, a a polished quality podcast.
1: Oh. I wish if only it was that simple. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be great for education. Um, but I think it's like most things. If you think of it's certainly been the one thing that's missing um, on OS ten. There isn't an app, although you, there are, you can do a little bit, can't you, with I, iWeb? I looked at that a while ago and you can pretty much, you know, record an audio file and upload it to an iWeb site and that's probably about it. I think this is going to go a little bit further in terms of submitting it to iTunes and things like that. But I think once you've tried it, it's going to be a little bit like iPhoto to Aperture or iMovie to Final Cut Express and you're probably going to want to try something a little bit more flexible. But I think... It's it's an
0: in, isn't it? It's a way into that.
1: Absolutely. And um, for that, it's going to be fantastic. And because it's going to ship with the OS, you're not going to have to worry about paying extra for it. It's just going to be there. So if the urge comes upon you to podcast, then you'll have something there to help. And I think for education, it'll be amazing. Uh, Even if they only put these podcasts that they do on the, the local intranet, I think that would be absolutely amazing. So... I think a thumbs up to that one.
0: Yeah, I'll give that a thumbs up too.
1: I'll have a look at it and I'll probably decide not, but (laughs) at least it's there. I like the idea of pressing a button and out pops a podcast, but (laughs) it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen like that when I'm involved. Do you think I'm the problem? Don't answer that. So uh, moving (laughs) onward, uh, another thing I saw that I really liked was uh, multi-user remote computing, where you can have one person on a computer and somebody else can uh, remote into it and with a different user account i like the look of that
0: how does that work then
1: pretty much like that that you oh. have the user account on the machine and you can tunnel in to your user account irrespective of somebody else being on the machine with you that, yeah, that's what i'm, I'm taking it to be um i saw that on nine to five Mac, so that wasn't uh, an official apple have talked about it bit i don't think but i quite like the idea of that um I don't think I'd use it but I like the idea because if I ever did need it you know like my dad's doing something and I want to remote in without him knowing oh I do that already but you get the idea something like that something that
0: um I've I've not actually Looked at in any great depth, but I did see an article on nine to five Mac as well. Was musical screensavers, and I, you know, I can't for the life of me imagine how that would go down in 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 the office, for example.
1: Well, there's probably only you takes your Mac to the office and takes all your iTunes stuff with you. It's the iTunes screensaver, which displays artwork from your iTunes library. And what you're going to be able to do now is move your mouse over it or move your pointer over it. You might have a trackpad. And as you hover over a particular artwork, it will start playing the song. Scary. With your music collection, I'm really scared. Thank you. Seven are the river. Seven are riding... So probably the least said about that, uh, the better. Uh, another thing that I saw, which I do like, is um, iOS key menus. So, you know, on your iOS device where you move your finger across and if you hold it on certain keys, a little menu bobs up.
0: Yeah, I've used that.
1: They're going to be having that uh, on OS 10. And I thought, like you straight away, oh, fingers, screen. I know I'm going to want to do it that way, but apparently it works on a key press. So, for instance, if you want to put um, an E-acute, you just hold the E key down and a little menu will appear and you can choose from there.
0: How cool is that?
1: That's that's potentially really useful because the the, the way I would do it, I know there are some certain shortcut keys, but I can never remember all of those. So I usually end up going to the... um, Actually, this is dreadful. I'm worse than this, actually. I was going to say I go to the um, character panel. I actually find it quicker to just go to Google and copy and paste the word, (laughs) (laughs) which is a terrible admission. But I do because it's just faster. Otherwise, I have to have... um, I think once I've been into the keyboard, it puts an icon on my menu bar at the top. And I've got enough icons on there. Trust me, they can sort of meet in the middle. so um, And that's on a 27-inch screen. So I don't need any more. So I do actually find Google far quicker. And I, I use multiple browsers to do that. So I'll sort of add a, a browser to the side just for sort of Googling with. Like, uh, dreadful, isn't it? Dreadful. But um, yes, that feature. I think I'm going to like that. I can certainly see a use for that. And another one that I am really seriously looking forward to is the resume feature, because this is why I don't like to reboot my Mac, because when you reboot and you think, what what was I doing? And I'll probably open something for Twitter and I'll open my mail and I'll open what I was working with. And then I might need to open sort of supplementary things like put the ITV on ready to record something. And before I know it, The desktop is full of all the stuff that was there before, but not necessarily in the right place. So what Resume um, promises is that when I reboot, it will remember exactly what I was doing and return me to that utopian perfection, which will be exactly it it will look exactly the same. Uh, Apparently, it's got to be supported by the, the app in question. So hopefully there'll be lots and lots and lots of updates and they'll all support it. That would save me a lot of time. I yeah, really it'll, be like just, that.
0: it'll be just my luck that I'll have an app open that doesn't support it and it close it down.
1: You see, if you were only using the one app, you'd remember what you were doing. This is where multitasking goes wrong. I often think, what was I doing before I just went over to that app? And then it, it's like 10 minutes later, I think, ah, there's that app. That's what I was doing. So um, I'm a great believer in sort of the full screen stuff. So it's good that that's in there as well. Uh, You can now go full screen with apps, which has been a long time coming and I've actually done in other ways. But um, yeah, I'm liking the full screen stuff because I think if you cover it up, you focus on one job, you'll get the job done far faster. So I'm liking that.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny that, you know, I always worked full screen in Windows. I don't know if that was just because, you know, I, I had a 14 or 15 inch monitor. But when I've come to the Mac, I very rarely work full screen. Maybe it's because there isn't actually a maximise button on every window. I know there's the green blob, but that doesn't always maximise, does it?
1: It seems to do whatever it wants to do, which usually isn't what I want it to do. So I have lots of different Windows management software to do that with. I do take certain things full screen. Um, I was like you, I I don't like... And it was one of the things that put me off a Mac. Whenever I went to an Adobe show... They were always using Macs to demonstrate stuff. And it annoyed me intensely that they had these garish desktops and they'd open Photoshop. And whereas I'm supposed to be looking at what they're doing, all I can see is this psychedelic desktop, you know, showing through all the palettes. So I found that very annoying. And I know on Windows, I work like you. I work full screen with virtually everything. Uh, When I came to the Mac, it was a little bit off-putting, but I got used to it. Which surprised me because you mentioned um, Dreamweaver earlier. And I thought, oh, I remember Dreamweaver. It was dreadful. It was dreadful. When I very first used Dreamweaver on Windows, it looked like a Mac app, didn't it? Yeah. It, It literally had lots of little panels all over the place, but no cohesive interface to it whatsoever. It was awful. I hated using it. And you spent most of your time arranging these panels so it covered every inch of the screen. Um, And I thought when I got a Mac, I'm not going to like that. I did miss initially the uh, Maximize button. And I have heard so many switchers say the same. How do I get this maximized that they really want it maximized? I suppose as time's gone by and the screens have got bigger, I probably want it maximized less than I did before
0: yeah there's the to be honest the only app i i really tend to maximize under windows is excel um i think understandably because i want to see as much as i can or the the vb environment when i'm programming but on a mac i do funnily enough tend to run if i'm running um vmware i tend to run that maximized and then the windows app inside it i run that maximized
1: you just go into windows mentality mode don't you i do Uh, i don't tend to run windows at all so i don't particularly have that problem Um, i do if i ever do i like to see it locked away in a box so i don't tend to make it maximized it probably freaked me out too much but one of the things i do maximize is scrivener and I just think it makes more sense. I want to see all the little panels and stuff. So Scrivener works really well maximised. But again, it's like you're saying, those those little buttons that are supposed to minimise and restore, they don't. They just don't. They don't retain any kind of memory at all. So what I use is these Windows management applications to make that happen, make the magic happen. And I have um, Control and F to make any application full screen. So I can do that. Uh, And then I have a a button to make it half screen, quarter screen. So I have programmed that in, but I don't tend to because I've got a 27 inch monitor and a 24 inch monitor and I probably don't want much full screen. Probably just Scrivener and maybe iTunes if I'm doing a lot of organisation. But other than that, I'm not too worried about that. The ability to go back with everything open and everything where I left it is what's going to save me the time something that something else that they mentioned coming out that freaked me out a little was auto backup I don't know what you think to that concept
0: that reminds me of um, something in windows
1: it did me and it freaked me out slightly (laughs) I did read what it had to say I read the small print Uh, I absolutely read the small print Um, and it's got sort of supposed built-in intelligence that if the file is over a certain age and you open it uh, and I'm assuming make changes it won't automatically back it up I don't know if that's configurable how or how configurable it's going to be, but that's the idea with it. And I'm thinking, mm, possibly not. You know, sometimes I want to open a file and just look at it. I don't want the thing to automatically save on me. And like you say, Windows did bring in something similar.
0: Versions, I think it was. Some, I don't... Was like Was that.
1: that across the board, though, or was it in Office?
0: No, I think there is a versions thing, I'm sure, in the OS, but I think that's more to do with... With OS level files uh, rather than, uh, say, Word documents, etc.
1: That wasn't there when I left Windows. But what was, was the auto save feature in Office, particularly Word. And it drove me mad. It also led to sort of lawsuits, if you remember. How it did it was to save the changes. So instead of overwriting the file uh, it was safer if it saved the changes so it saved the original document and then it saved um, a set of instructions that were really like a macro to replay what you'd done in the life of this document and that was when the file sizes just started multiplying because if you'd put an image in of say a meg and then deleted it 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 stored it because you could always go back so it did give you the ability to undo Oh, day, days worth of stuff, but it wasn't actually deleted. So you'd get files and if you open them, I found this very entertaining. It was better than calendar surfing. You could open up a file and use the undo and go backwards and forwards and see the history of this document. Most entertaining it was, really.
0: Yeah, that's something I've done. Um, Are we both sad then? Uh, no, we both like <laughs> to keep our fingers on the pulse at work.
1: Oh, be nosy, you mean. Mm, Absolutely. Mm. No, I just think it was one of those features that possibly are a little bit too far. They then had to bring in tools that took away that. So, because what you'd have to do is take a tick out of the box, resave it, and then put the tick back in the box. Oh, it was horrible. So, this might work much, much better. But on the other hand, my first thought was, right, how do I turn it off? So, I'm hoping that they do give you the ability to turn it off. You know, it seems a nice idea. It seems like, well, who wouldn't want that? and then I'm scarred by my Windows experience. So um, mm, not me, maybe. Uh, They're also bringing in trim, apparently, for SSD drives, which, um, oh, it's all very technical, but um, we'll make them work better. They uh, fragment, apparently, terribly. So that's a good thing to have in there, as is, I think, the repair partition. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not sure whether you would care at all
0: no i'll just pass my techie problems over to you
1: yes that's usually what happens Mm. probably because they intend to phase out the uh, super drives um and booting from them so it makes perfect sense to have some sort of repair partition what's going to be on it is the utilities you need to repair a poorly mac Uh, i pretty much do that already but with an external firewire drive so i think the only we've only got one machine i think that doesn't have firewire so I'd have to connect this drive up with to, with USB to that one. But I've got um, the install disk. I've got an image of that. And I've also got sort of every conceivable tool for repairing things on that disk as well. So it's going to be that, but official. So I, I'm pleased to see that. And something that doesn't affect me in the slightest, but you might be pushing at work, is the migration assistant.
0: Yeah, I could see a lot of use for that. I could I could stand there with my wonderful devices, and when they all say, "Well, how can I learn that?" I'll just show them the what's migration assistant.
1: I don't see how that's going to work with a PC, personally, but uh, I know with a Mac, um, it. It transfers stuff. It transfers virtually your home folder. And I believe it works very, very well. I've never actually attempted that. I just believe people who say it works well. I've never done it because I always set up a new Mac from scratch, doing it the old fashioned way. But with the
0: proper way, the
1: proper way, as I call it. Yes. But with um, a PC, what's it transferring? I'm fascinated. I'm assuming documents because it certainly can't transfer software, can it? No. So I'm assuming documents and stuff like that. But it's good to see that it's there because it's going to tempt more people over into um, the Apple world, I think. I certainly think it will. But what excited me most was new mail and iCal versions. Pretty much because there was a yearly view in iCal. Have you seen that one?
0: I haven't, no.
1: Um, I I like a yearly view. Uh, I actually got an app for my iPad that doesn't do anything but show you a calendar for the year. I know I was robbed. It was 59 pence. But I love it. I just like to have the the year in front of me. So to see that view was great. Not because I intend to use it, because obviously I use BusyCal. But I'm hoping the BusyCal guys will see it and be inspired to add it to BusyCal. So I was pleased to see that. They're both very streamlined by the look of it. I probably will use mail, um, although I'm not excited by email at the minute, as you know. But I thought the whole interface was incredibly grey
0: it's it's very much like the ipad isn't it yes you've
1: got the threading in it and the, and the animations on the threading are stunning um, as you what happens is as you click at the you get some text that says read more and when you click on it it sort of unfolds like a piece of paper it's absolutely stunning but the actual interface itself seems very grey the buttons are very grey it is much more ios mail than apple mode that's the
0: way it's going though isn't it with you know taking the colors out of itunes and all that
1: yeah but i think the colors added to it
0: they did they, they i think we've all said that on twitter it it let you see, let you you know at a glance see your your what folders were what and you know what, you, you just
1: know. get used to it you just get to know what colors what where it is and when it's gray you do have to do a double take i there was a hack wasn't there for putting it back in itunes and i must admit I thought about it and then thought, well, what's the point? You know, either Apple will put it back the way it was or they'll change everything else to match it, in which case you're going to have to get used to it. So I sort of got used to it, but it I can't help thinking it does look very plain, very grey, just not very inspired. Of course, we will all get used to it and, and probably will then end up looking back. It was like when we went to Leopard from Tiger and you thought, well, there isn't too much of a difference. And there certainly didn't feel to be between Leopard and Snow Leopard. But when you go back to an older operating system now, and you look at it, you think, whoa, this looks really dated. So whether you like it, whether you, th- whether you think you like it or not, I think once, you, once you've used it for a little bit, it will feel more modern. And you probably look at the older ones and think, no, it does look very old fashioned. I just wish there was an option. Um, it's sort of accessibility related in my mind, just, just as a matter of choice. So I, if I want to have the color, I'd like to have it there. I think it should it should be an option. But obviously, Apple don't, and Apple know best apparently. Uh, and there's one more thing which was AirDrop, which I mentioned to you, and you were pretty nonplussed because we've already got something else that does that.
0: Yeah, and I I like Drop Copy, but um, you know I might like AirDrop. At the end of the day, uh, it's it's just a way of me getting a file to you. Yeah, I can,
1: I can see I, I would potentially use it. Again, I'm thinking security issues. I'm thinking that's going to be great fun down the line. but um, And you do have to open up a finder window, which we don't with what we've got now. But I think it's handy that it's there because I tend to just transfer files to you. I'm hoping it will all make more sense once we've tried it and it's all finalised. It does have that feel, though, to me that OS 10 and iOS are merging. Um, I just hope if that's the way they're going, they don't dumb it down too much.
0: I can see where they're coming from because, you know, they've sold a lot of iPhones, they've sold a lot of iPads to, to non-Mac users, and you've, they've got people used to that interface, and it's, what do they call it, the halo effect.
1: Yes, but the thing is, when iOS, well, it wasn't even iOS at the time, was it? When the iPhone 1 was released, uh, we were told that the operating system that powered it was built for a reason, and that was that OS 10 wouldn't work on a mobile device. The interface needed reimagining. So I'd say, well, iOS won't work on a desktop machine then, not as it is. If we get the best of both, then that would be fantastic. But I think there is always a danger of going a step too far. And I I just hope that we get the best of both. So matching icons, the auto-hiding scroll bars, the multi-touch gestures. If you've got some kind of cohesion between the OSs, then great. But I hope we don't get some kind of mismatch hodgepodge of the things we don't like from each operating system being passed into the others.
0: Yeah, I wonder wonder if they'll they'll end up going down the route of of multi-touch desktops and multi-touch laptops because there are Windows... Um, laptops like that, aren't there now? Is it Dell or Sony or somebody like that?
1: Oh, they probably will in the end. I don't know. Maybe they're leading us gently that way, but I, I don't think we're there at the moment. So lead us more gently, more gently, I think. Just
0: don't do it when you've got sticky fingers.
1: No. Let's not go there. So uh, what's missing at the moment is front row. I didn't use that anyway. No, I didn't. That's only going to lead on to a rant about uh, Apple remotes, which I'm going to save for another day. I was going to
0: say, we'll save that for another episode. We
1: definitely will save that for another day. Um, And when we talked about Leopard and Snow Leopard, um, if you remember, we found a list of applications that worked and didn't work, and uh, we kept an eye on that. It was a wiki page; people were updating it. I found that a really useful utility. There's a one there already, for Lion. So I'll put that link in the show notes as well. It's a list of what works and what currently doesn't work on the beta version. I have not installed this beta version yet. I'm, th- I'm thinking, like you're saying, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. I know I'm going to have to at some point, but just, just not yet. I'm. I'm, I've got the problem of looking forward to my mobile me mail transition first. I think
0: yes, one crisis at a time.
1: Yes, I'm I'm pacing myself with my crises. Um, but if you want to have some lion features now, but you don't want to install the beta, uh, we've got a long list of them. First of all, there's drop copy that we've talked about. That is pr- pretty similar to AirDrop, where you can just drag and drop files between machines. It's free for up to three machines and it's $10 if you want to use it for more machines. So it's available from the Mac App Store, and I've put a link in the show notes. Uh, we're using the free one. Uh, we did ask about the paid-for one, but now we know we the paid-for one. It's in the App Store, so if you want it for more three, I think it's unlimited, actually, then there is a Drop Copy Pro. Now, for Windows management, there is absolutely... Ugh, you're spoilt. There are hundreds of apps out there. Some of the best of breed are Optimal Layout, which will let you tile windows, move them, resize them, switch between them. So it's pretty comprehensive. Um, I like the interface on that one, I must admit. Uh, That one's $18. I also use Breeze, which I've mentioned before. Now, that is what I use to make full screen, um, my Windows full screen and half size. That's only $8. Uh, I find that's just sits there in the menu bar. So, you know, it runs headless and nice, fast, no trouble at all with that. Uh, Mercury Mover is another one that does a similar job. But although there's some crossover with Breeze, it does do a lot more. And that's reflected in the fact that it's $20. reason that I have the pair of them is I have lots of different size windows, some that I use with certain applications. So, for instance, I have a Fluid browser that I use for the BBC iPlayer and I have a saved size for that but I don't see the point in having that saved size available on just a shortcut click so I put that one in mercury mover and the reasoning is the way mercury mover works I learn one shortcut key that activates mercury mover and then I use a second shortcut key which can be just one key so Because it's the BBC iPlayer, I have the I key for that. So I activate Mercury Remover, I press the I key and it resizes my window to that particular size. So because I've got the two of them, it actually doubles really the number of uh, saved sizes that I can have. So one's much cheaper, the other one has more features. And then, of course, there's Witch that lets you um, command and tab, but it does so much more. So today I would have had a problem without Witch because which was the only way it would actually let me activate some of these windows that it thought was hidden. So um, that's available in the App Store, too, as well. In fact, I'm not sure if it's not on offer. And as for a lightweight, nice interface mail client, well, there's Sparrow. Uh, I wasn't aware until I had a look that there's actually a free version of Sparrow as well. I think the full version, it's brand newly released, is around the $10 mark. But there is a light version. Now, you looked at that, didn't you? I had a quick look at it,
0: but only on the page. I didn't actually install it.
1: So what's the limitation of the free version?
0: Uh, It allows you only one mail account and it's also uh, ad supported.
1: Oh, can't be doing with ads. Really can't be doing with ads. Um, I probably won't be looking at Sparrow just yet because I'm also looking at Postbox. So I'll come round to Sparrow in my own good time. You know when, don't you? When I've sorted out the mobile <laughs> me calendar fiasco. And the last thing that will um, lionize, theres a good word, lionize your leopard install uh, is the wallpaper. I was a little dubious about the wallpaper, I must admit. Um, and when you saw it, you were just as dubious as me.
0: I was, a- i'm not impressed actually but i you know i actually like the is it the the aqua the blue that's been there since tiger
1: yes that's the one i still use terribly boring aren't (laughs) we (laughs) um yes it's fuji mountain apparently and it's um you know i'm going to say don't you it's a bit pink it is it's a lot pink actually and what's worse the bottom's purple so odd choice I think but there's a new space wallpaper as well so I'm going to put links in the show notes because these wallpapers have found their way uh, onto the internet so uh, if you do want to have that lion look without all the pain then you can always change your wallpaper of course I think I was expecting a lion you said to me well surely it's a lion and no it's not so while I was looking for the lion wallpaper, I did find the most gorgeous picture of a white lion. And when I showed it you, you agreed with me. It is the spit image of Mayor's great uncle, Lucas.
0: Definitely.
1: It's gorgeous, isn't it? It looks just like Mayo when he's yawning. Um, It is a gorgeous big white lion. So I think they should use that. I I should get in touch with somebody at Apple and tell them, never mind all this mountain space business. Get this one up there. It's gorgeous. I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. Uh, Mayo's great uncle Lucas is indeed genuine. I'm not making this up, you know. When we went to pick him up as as a seven-week-old puppy, there was this massive... Sam sat in the corner looking most unimpressed with all these puppies running around. And I said, oh, he's lovely. she said, oh, that's his great uncle, Lucas. And uh, he he never smiled once, did he? Poor poor old fella. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't impressed with these puppies running around. We'll admit they weren't house trained at the time. So that could have bothered him as well. Um, So, yes, Mayor's great uncle, Lucas. Take a look at that picture. And that's exactly what Mayor's great uncle, Lucas looks like. Anyway, almost lost in all this lion and MacBook Pro news and everything else is at the iPad 2 launch event. Apparently, potentially, simulcast with the BBC. <laughs> MacBites have been doing simulcast with Apple for years. But what are we expecting? What do we want? What will tempt us to buy a new one? What do you think?
0: Uh, what I would actually like is um a matte finish because if I'm trying to read or watch... um. A, a movie in the sunshine. I know we don't get much of it, but, you know, if I'm trying to do that on the on the glossy screen, it's pretty impossible to do.
1: Can we just say that's just not going to happen and move on? <laughs> <laughs> that is so not going to happen. Yeah, if you want to read, get a Kindle.
0: That's what I'd like. I mean, you know, everyone's saying, oh, there's going to be cameras, more memory, blah, blah, blah. You know, that is actually what I would like.
1: Well, you could always get one of those screen protector things. Don't write your chances of getting it on with no bubbles. <laughs> that's what uh, you're for. Found- <laughs> I, well, yes, I did. I did. I, I did my dad's, didn't I? I was surprised. I don't bother with that kind of stuff on mine, but I did manage to get it on his without uh, too much incident. Uh, but not not an iPad. I'm thinking with the size of an iPad, mm, possibly a bit trickier. Um, I don't bother with that. But mm, I, I don't. I don't have it out where I'm trying to watch the telly. I, I've never had a problem with it. I really haven't. But. I suppose if you're in an office with certain lighting, then you probably will. Like I said, change the lighting. That's exactly what I did. Um, But I think probably cameras, definitely more memory, definitely better screen. Probably. I don't think it's going to be a stretch to say it'll probably be thinner and probably be lighter. I was shocked to see potentially a white version. Is that
0: with the white iPhone that never turned up?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Vaporware. I was also... Well, I hope there's an SD slot and camera tethering would be amazingly cool. But you know what? Whatever they put on it, we're going to want one. So why speculate overly? Let's just say we'll probably (laughs) want one. Oh, but what would be really good is if they halved the price. (laughs) Yes, that, that, that would
0: be the best news.
1: Yeah, they're not going to do that. Not at all. Um, I think we could finally be seeing what this data center's for. Maybe iTunes in the cloud, something like that. Or maybe they've got other plans for us. Like an overhaul of Mobile Me at last. I just don't use iDisk. It's so dreadful by comparison with Dropbox. I just don't use it.
0: No, I think I used it once to back something up. But uh, like you say, its I'd, I'd actually forgotten it was there.
1: It's not it's just not as easy as Dropbox, no. is it? So if they made um iDisk into the Apple version of Dropbox, I might just use it. It would actually be really useful because I've got more storage in iDisk than I have in Dropbox, but it's just not as accessible, nowhere near. So that would be really good. Something nice in the cloud for us Apple. But whatever is to come, come and join us live in the MacBytes chat room. We will be there from 5:30 on the 2nd of March, which is probably, if you're listening to this as soon as it's released, within a few hours. And if not, you missed it. But what we'll try and do is that we we should take the highlights and put them out as a show, shouldn't we? Yeah, that would be be fun. So, uh, as well as almost missing the iPad 2 event, something else that snuck out nicely was Final Cut Studio, which, for me, I find exciting. Um, Yes, six weeks to nab which is the uh, broadcast uh, show that's on the 9th to the 14th of April. And this is more than rumour. This is not rumour and speculation. Apparently, this is genuine. Final Cut Studio 4 is alive and well and reported as jaw-dropping. Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) It'll be expensive, but I'm still excited. Um, I think it's two years since the last one. I think it is, yeah. I think it was the summer of 2009. Uh, And before that, I think it was 2007. I remember that one well. I went in for my upgrade. It was on my birthday and um, they sold it to me and out I toddled. And when I got it home, it wasn't an upgrade. It was a full product. So I had to turn right round and take it back. That wasn't great fun. No. So um, I'm looking forward to this one. I do use Final Cut Studio, use pretty much everything in it. So the interface is, shall we say, a little tired. It looks like OS 9. It's all right once you've got used to it, but it's very fiddly. So I'm hoping it's got a much improved interface. I'm hoping they don't take anything away. I use it all. So don't, don't remove anything. But apparently the team leader for Final Cut Studio is the guy who oversaw the, air quotes again, air quotes people, upgrade to iMovie that became iMovie 08. Yes, I'm frightened too. I do hope they don't imovieize the interface or I'm going to be completely lost. I've never really grasped the concept of iMovie with those. Well, it's just not a timeline, is it? No,
0: I could only work with the timeline on the original. Well, when I say original, it was the version that we got when we got a Mac. Uh,
1: I think it was iMovie Six, was it? HD, yeah. wasn't it? 6 HD. My mind works as a timeline as well. Um I actually found when I was using iMovie, even though it was the timeline version, when I went to Final Cut Pro, everything was just more logical. I realised that for some people, you know, their mind works a different way. But for me, when I came to Final Cut Pro, I thought, this is going to be really difficult. Look at all these buttons. And it just wasn't. It was just, yeah, that's logical. That's logical. And click there. That's logical. The whole thing was completely logical. So I'm a little bit apprehensive. A little bit apprehensive. I also use um Soundtrack Pro extensively. So because that's not sort of the main app in the um suite, I'm just thinking please don't lose it, please don't lose it. You know, don't replace it with something that's air quotes better lots of air quotes this week. Yeah, I don't want better, I just want that improved. I would like a better interface. So Final Cut Studio should be with us soon. Um April Birthday, May. Just saying.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you.
1: Yeah, you might hear me, but, you know, if you're going do something about it...
0: Who knows? Birthdays are for surprises.
1: You're not saying again, are you? No. I'm not liking this. <laughs> anyway, onward. <laughs> yes, Johnny. Well, Johnny Ive is reported as either leaving Apple...
0: Or not leaving Apple. Moving to England. Or not moving to England.
1: Staying in his current
0: role. Or becoming CEO.
1: But I can exclusively, yes, exclusively, reveal the truth. Johnny Ive has taken over from Steve Jobs as the number one subject of the Apple rumour mill. Yes, so-called journalists. Get a grip. It's not news until it happens. And being honest, this week, you can hardly claim it was a slow news week, can you? So do we really need just utter speculation? Anyway, I think we've nailed it. I think we've got every possible eventuality covered, don't you?
0: Yeah, I think we have.
1: So now we've nailed that one, let's move on with some software.
0: Yeah, Um. how can I put this? I'm to note apps what you are to browsers. Ah, keen on them then. Uh, I am I use my iPhone and my iPad for many things including making notes and to that end I've got a number of notes apps on both devices now some of them I've tried and some of them are shall we say awaiting evaluation
1: in other words you've got about five folders full and not a clue what any of them do
0: uh nailed it on the head there, yes. Mm, I'm doing I'm on fire tonight. Yeah. Now, not all note apps are the same. No, of course they're not. Penultimate, which I reviewed in a previous show, I think it was show forty six, and Notes Plus, which I've recently started to use and I'll review that in a future show, they're more of, of I I call them a notebook than a notepad. I use these apps for things like uh, note-taking and creating drawings or sketches when I'm in a meeting. Now, when I say sketches, I'm no artist. I think you'll agree with me on that.
1: Absolutely.
0: So what I mean is things like you know, a rough sketch of a dialogue box or a sketch of a, a data flow in an application that I'm building. The other thing is that Penultimate and Notes Plus are only available for the iPad. So what I've been looking for is an app that allows me to create simple notes, primarily on the iPhone. So for example, I'm out walking the dog and I get an idea about something for MacBytes or I'm at work and I'm going to a meeting and I need to make a note of the room number or I'm going to meet someone and they say, call my, um, my extension when you get to reception. So I need a note of their extension number. Now in the days of analog notes, i.e. pen and paper, I'd carry around a pocket-sized notepad and um, I want to basically just replace that functionality with the digital equivalent on the phone.
1: Does this involve the pogo stick?
0: You mean stylus? Whatever. It could well do. There's actually a few free apps that spring to mind to do what I want. Uh, Things like Drop Text and Plain Text, which both sync with Dropbox. And I have even at times used the built-in notes app. However, I have got other requirements that these apps can't handle. Things like I'd like to be able to have separate folders for different things. So, for example, a works folder, a MacBytes folder, even, dare I say it, a shopping folder.
1: I'm not listening.
0: (laughs) Getting your own back now for me not listening. Mm. I also think that a nice friendly interface is also important. I don't know what you think.
1: Oh, Absolutely. If it looks good, I'm more inclined to use it.
0: Yeah, pretty colours and things. And also the ability to back up your notes and get them off the phone somehow. Now, I have, and I still do, use Evernote, which satisfies all these criteria and has the added advantage that I can add notes via a web browser. It even works in i7 of a fashion. However, the Evernote iPhone app still needs some improvement. For example... Uh, and I must admit, I actually wrote these before the launch of Evernote Four, uh, which was which was actually tonight. And I haven't had a chance to look at it. Um, I've got several notebooks in my Evernote account, but the the iPhone couldn't display notes just for a single notebook.
1: But now it can.
0: Now it can. But we'll save that for another day. I think
1: they've ruined your your review here.
0: <coughs> yes.
1: How dare they? They could have waited till tomorrow. So, after much
0: thought, I've decided to give something called Awesome Note a try. I've actually had it on the iPhone for a while. and By rec- which
1: he means at least, ooh, eight months?
0: I think so, something like that. Mm. They've recently released an iPad uh, version as well, which I bought at the weekend. In terms of a review, though... Even though I've had it on the phone for eight months, I've not had a chance to delve into it in any great depth. So for now, I'm gonna focus on uh, configuring it and then in a future show, I'll look uh, at more details of of its many features. It's actually not just a notes app. It supports to-do notes and it provides to-do management features. It's got a calendar view, it's got due dates, it's got alarms, it's got priority setting, and you can mark tasks as complete. It synchronizes with Evernote and Google Docs. So it means that I've got a backup of my notes in the cloud and I can use one or both of these services as a conduit to sync notes between the iPhone and the iPad versions of the app. Now, unlike many note apps, and again, um, Evernote 4 now does this, Awesome Note works in both landscape and uh, portrait mode on the phone. So you, if you're in landscape mode, you get a wider area to type into. And you can switch modes simply by tapping a button on the, on the screen. And this then toggles between auto rotation um, and lock rotation. Although, as we all know, I have this sensitive wrist action. You do. I do. So if the phone is locked in portrait mode via the main lock button then it remains locked even if you set the awesome note to auto-rotate. Anyway, what about the app? Well, when you launch it, there's actually a default set of folders already set up. And these include uh, work, travel, shopping, uh, to-do and loads more. So what I decided to do was start from scratch. So I deleted all the folders and then set up my own. And that's easily done. You can click on the folder settings button at the bottom of the screen And uh, as well as being able to create and rename folders from there, the folder settings section is also used to configure folders. Now, the configuration you can do, each folder can have a colour assigned to it and it can also have an icon. So I've got a little shopping basket for my um, shopping folder. You're just
1: tormenting me, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I've got a little um, iMac icon for my MacBytes folder. You can select, there's a load of them in a palette. And then when you look at the app's homepage, you see the folders listed, each represented by its coloured tab, with the folder name and the icon sitting on top. Folder settings is also used to password protect folders. Individual folders can actually be password protected by setting a four-digit code. And you can set sync options because individual folders can be synced or not synced. Finally, in the folder settings, you can set the default font and the note background theme. There's actually about 15 backgrounds. Some of them are are a bit flowery, uh, but they range from grey slate to yellow lined paper. And especially for you, there's even a pink one. To create a note from the the homepage of the app, you simply tap on the folder that the note's going to be stored in, click the plus icon at the top right of the screen and start typing. As well as text, notes can store photos, either existing ones from the camera roll or a new one taken from the iPhone's camera, and it can even include the location courtesy of the uh, the phone's geolocation capabilities. The ability to actually store photos was one of the reasons I was attracted to the app because I wanted to use it as a shopping app. Although I've now found a dedicated shopping app that supports photos. Oh, joy. Yeah. You see, I'm just scared that I'll bring the wrong thing home to you.
1: Yeah, well, yes, you should be. Yeah.
0: Good point. That's why I want um, That's why I want photos of all the things you want me to, to bring home from the shops.
1: Shops. Shops.
0: <laughs> and I don't mean the Apple store. I mean... Um,
1: well, no, obviously, I'd be going there myself. Yeah,
0: I mean the, the supermarkets.
1: <gasps> don't, don't.
0: Another way to create a note is to click the quick memo icon, which looks like a pad of post-it notes. It actually gives you a pad of eight notes. Four of these can be uh, typed on with the on-screen keyboard and the other four can be scribbled on with either your finger or a stylus. The the app costs £2.39 for the iPhone version and £2.99 for the iPad version. Uh, there is actually a free version called Awesome Note Lite, which is limited to a maximum of, uh, of 10 notes, and it doesn't have any syncing capabilities. So I've put um, a, a link in the show notes to my review on my blog and also to the the Bridworks.com website, who are the the company that make it. Uh, But overall, it's it's an excellent app.
1: I was a bit disappointed, wasn't I? Were you? I was. Well, I assumed, like you said, the interface is really what would attract you to it. it. It's it looks like uh, post it notes it looks like notes it's got pretty folders in it and you can color code stuff um, to me if that is the allure of the app that is what sets that app apart from something like evernote which is functional but quite plain and, and corporatey looking you know it it doesn't the the interface is functional rather than pretty um whereas awesome note goes for pretty to entice you to use it and i think that it would and then i said to you well Okay, if it if it uses Evernote to sync or it uses Google Docs to sync, then how does it sync the colours you've set and the icons you've set? And you said it didn't. No. And I was incredibly disappointed.
0: Yeah, I think that's something they could work on. That would be uh, that would be a good feature for uh, the next release, I think. So if you're listening, uh, Bridworks, uh, please synchronise all the, the pretty interface stuff as well as the notes.
1: I don't think they could do that without having their own sync service because, you know, Google Docs and Evernote doesn't work like that. They are just transferring data. So I think that's a bit of a shame. I suppose if you set it up on your phone and you set it up on the iPad, uh, you know, and it stays there, fine. But as soon as you start making changes, if you change the colour, you're going to have to do it manually on both. So I'd like to see some way of synchronising that and then it would possibly be perfect.
0: But now it's time for...
1: Ooh. Mac Love Bites. Yes, we heard from Amanda this week, who you could only say has followed Mark's lead from last week and gone for something a little off the wall. Now, what she actually says is that she would really love to have seen my face when I loaded up the link that she sent me for a lovely iPad case. Now, you were there, Mike, and you saw my face. So do you want to explain it to Amanda?
0: Would this be the flowery pink one by any chance?
1: It would. Not only is it pink, it is flowery.
0: I think we just put a link in the show notes and let the, the let the listeners decide.
1: Mm. Do you remember back in the very early days of MacBytes, we used to have a section called... the good the bad and the ugly i do i think we should bring it back especially for this item
0: well i don't see any good and i'm not sure about the bad but there's definitely something ugly
1: it's not pretty is it no so thank you for that amanda he's hoping that next week i get something that i can actually enjoy looking at so please (laughs) keep sending in your love bites not just to torment me people that's very cruel
0: now, as regular listeners will know, um, I've been chasing the holy grail of having my work calendar available on my devices for quite some time.
1: Oh no, not again. Yes. Please now, tell me there's a solution. There
0: is. I've tried a number of solutions.
1: Oh, thank you. With I limited... shall sit back and listen to it then.
0: I've tried a number of solutions with limited success. And if you heard last week's show, Minster came up with a suggestion, which was to create a contact in Outlook, which was his Gmail account, set up an Outlook rule to forward on any meeting requests to that email address. Once the email is received by the Gmail account, the meeting is automatically added to the Google calendar that's associated with that Google account. And the Google calendar is then uh, synchronized to his iPhone. So, on Friday, I gave it a go and I'm pleased to report that it works.
1: Complete success.
0: Complete success, yes.
1: Oh, Minster, I owe you, mate.
0: Yeah. Now... You don't have to listen to it anymore. Rather than labelling my Gmail contact as iPhone, uh, which is what Minster did um, when he created his contact in Outlook, I labelled mine as Calendar Sync as I think it's a little less obvious than iPhone and a little less alarming for the other attendees who might think we're becoming an Apple-only company. Coward. Yeah. Now, a few issues, well, not a few issues, but a few things I had to take account of. My Outlook calendar is full of items that have been generated via meeting requests, most of which are created by other people. Now, unlike many people, I receive meeting requests for more than just meetings. So for example, every time I'm booked to deliver a training course, our team's training coordinator sends me a meeting request. So I created an Outlook rule to automatically forward on meeting request emails to my calendar calendar sync contact, as suggested by Minster, Then I asked a colleague to set up a test meeting. The meeting request came in. I refreshed my Google Calendar, which I had open on a second screen, and found that the meeting had been added. Now, unlike Outlook, I don't actually have to log in to the Google Calendar and accept the meeting request. They're just added to the calendar. And where a meeting is set up by me, it's just a case of inviting the Calendar Sync contact, as Minster said. Now, as well as meetings, my Outlook calendar contains appointments, which are like iCal events. And I use appointments for a number of purposes, mainly when I need to block off a period of time to work on a project, but I'm not actually inviting anyone. And I also use Outlook just generally to record time spent on different activities. So for example, if someone rings me up with an Excel query and I spend 30 minutes on it, then that's recorded in Outlook as an appointment. So to get appointments into my Google Calendar, I can either invite the Calendar Sync contact or change my way of working and use meeting requests instead of appointments and then invite the Calendar Sync as the only attendee. Now my manager and one or two others in the team have got author permissions on my calendar. So sometimes they add appointments too without me actually knowing. And as far as I can see, I don't think there's a way of automating an email to Google for appointments that have been just put on my calendar by somebody else. So I think I'm going to have to regularly check for these and just forward them on manually. I've got quite a few um, future meetings and appointments already in Outlook. And as Minster says, these won't get transferred across to Google. And if they've been created by me, then I can just open the item in Outlook, add the Calendar Sync contact, and save the item and the Google Calendar will get updated. But if the item's being created by someone else, then what I've got to do is forward the uh, appointment or meeting, requ- or meeting to the Calendar Sync contact. So it's just a case of going to forward in Outlook and choosing Calendar Sync because it's a contact in my contacts list. I also tested what happens if the meeting or appointment gets moved or deleted from Outlook and that updates the Google Calendar as well. The only downside
1: All of this is making me feel incredibly charitable towards mobile me. Mmm. Mmm. Carry on. It's it's a fudge, isn't it? That's one word for it.
0: Yeah. Um but it works. Well, it's better
1: than anything else you've tried. Believe me, we've tried quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Now, the only downside is I get a load of emails on my phone because my phone syncs to my Gmail account. But I can deal with that by setting up another dedicated Gmail account and then not attaching the mail account to the phone. So finally, to get the Google Calendar onto my phone, which was, after all, the objective of the exercise...
1: I'd forgotten that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: In the midst of all this, I'd forgotten that. In the
0: midst of my waffle. Mm. Um, What I do is I subscribe to it via BusyCal on my desktop Mac and via MobileMe synchronisation, the calendar items appear on my iPad and uh, my iPhone. Although you could, of course, subscribe directly to the Google Calendar from your phone. So all in all, good solution. And uh, thanks to Minster for the idea.
1: Fabulous. Thank you, Minster. You finally dealt with it. And it should work until... Oh at least the fifth of May Yes. At which point we'll start again.
0: Oh Don't joy. Say that.
1: Joy. No, we will. We'll beat it into submission with a stick over Easter. Anyway, onward. We also heard from Steve. Yes. I surprised Steve. We both did. Two shows in two weeks. So a third in three weeks should see the smelling salts on hand at Shes Sheridan. Hope you're OK, Steve.
0: And Steve just for you
1: MacBites.
0: And so does Elaine.
1: How about a limited edition T-shirt for the fiftieth show, with that emblazoned on the front as well as the back? Absolutely, I want one. i th- I shall think about that. I shall <laughs> think about it. We also heard from McJim, who's sending me some lucky heather for my shopping trials. Thank you for that. He was also having a lie down after your silicon cover review. I think he was making up his own story for that one, though.
0: And uh, don't think you're escaping again without telling the story of the great Yorkshire yomp that you promised the listeners.
1: Oh, yes. I thought I might get away with that. OK, OK. I was, I was young. What can I say? But before I do, Minster, put all food and beverages well out of reach. Done? Then I shall begin. Yes, it was in my early days as a trainer. This is, this is uh, sadly a completely true story. I was booked to travel to Yorkshire, which is probably about 90 miles away uh, where I was heading, to deliver a training course in business process modelling. Yes, you can't claim the day job isn't riveting, can you? They wanted a whole day course squeezing into four hours, as customers tend to do. Uh, I did mention it was a while ago, didn't I? Because I'm not so accommodating with ludicrous requests these days. But I was young and naive. Now that
0: I don't believe.
1: Well, no, maybe not. Anyway... The venue was their beautiful headquarters set in what could only be described as a stately home. And this stately home was in the middle of a vast expanse of rolling Yorkshire countryside. The drive itself, as you, as you pulled in off the main A1, the drive was about half a mile long. It was banked by rose gardens, an imaginative topiary. Um, it was the middle of July and strangely for the UK, the temperatures were touching the upper 90s. Now, despite having every window in the car open, it was boiling hot, but I was prepared. I had a change of clothes, neatly packed in a suit bag, stowed away in the back of the car. So what could possibly go wrong? Mm.
0: What could go wrong?
1: Well, it started so well. I got a parking spot. As it was already well into the working day, I didn't have to worry about the parking spot being the MD's personal spot. Yes, I've done that before. Park was also between a beautiful lily pond and another rose garden. In fact, it was the living embodiment of the tranquility of Koi Pond. <laughs> but I digress. Park was also at the foot of a steeply inclined path which led up to this main building where I was going. So... I unpacked everything that I needed. I locked up and loaded up. It was way before the days when you could turn up with nothing more than an iPad and a pen drive. So I had a laptop the size of a breeze block, six manuals, six workbooks, a briefcase and a suit bag with the change of clothes. So for anyone who remembers the TV programme Crackerjack, well, you get the idea. So loaded up like a pack horse, I head off up the path that incidentally was much steeper than it looked from the comfort of the car. Hence the Yorkshire Yomp title. That was when I heard a noise from somewhere behind me. So turning round was more of a theoretical possibility than a practical option. So I put the noise down to the crunching of the gravel on the path. A few steps further on, I'm positive I'm hearing more than the echo of my own footsteps. So paranoia sets in and I speed up. As does what can only be described as a sort of shuffling behind me. So without looking back, I shout over my shoulder. I'm carrying quite a load, so please feel free to pass by. Nothing. Hmm. So I speed up, uh, as does the shuffling. Believe me, it was not the weather for attempting to break the land speed record up this gravel-covered path, especially not considering the incline. But I bet I was a spectacle trying it.
0: But bet you're glad it was in the days before everyone had a video camera in their pocket, aren't you?
1: You'll never know how much. I try to look back over my shoulder while I'm still moving forwards, but I just couldn't see anything. So I've had enough at this point. I've done my best to retain any last vestige of dignity. I'm concerned people are looking out of the window. I decide on a change of tactics and screech to a halt to face my tormentor. So doing my best not to drop anything, I stop, I turn around and come face to face. Well, actually, when I say face to face, it was more face to hip with the biggest and the meanest looking peacock i have ever seen (laughs) yes i stared at it it stared at me we tried to psych each other out oh crocodile dundee would have been proud of me the flaming thing made a grab and managed to attach itself to the handle of my suit bag so then the race was on and it was all feathers and flapping as we raced each other to the main building (laughs) turned out to be called percy and was employed in a security capacity (laughs) yes it was a good start to the day that was I, i was very glad I had a change of clothes with me. So you could say that I was the inspiration for angry birds.
0: <laughs> Love it.
1: I believe me, some birds get angrier than others. And that was one angry bird.
0: Mm, I don't know who the angry, who, I don't know who was the angrier bird there.
1: So swiftly moving on. <clears throat> I'll let you off with that one. But only because it's late or early, depending on what time you're getting up. Yes, MacBites Live. We have a MacBites Live probably today, if you're listening to it on Wednesday. Um, all the gang will be there. If there's video, we'll text chat and uh, we'll carry on with some audio later. But for anybody who's doing anything else at the same time, the chat room now has a mute button. <laughs> yes, you can shut me up. How dreadful. Um, and if you've got headphones and a microphone, then you can join in the audio chat as well. So it is at 1730 GMT which is 9.30 Pacific and anywhere else you are, you'll probably know. And it is at MacBytes.co.uk slash live.
0: So come and join us. And that's it for another episode of MacBytes. Please keep all your comments coming.
1: And don't forget, we want to hear what piece of tech is your absolute favourite. Hardware, software, cameras, Kindles, anything at all that you couldn't live without. But please... No more flowery iPad cases.
0: Or Maltesers.
1: Oh, Maltesers. No, I'd like a Maltese. No, no, no. I mustn't go there. No chocolate, no chocolate. Uh, and the, the newsletter as well. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. The sign-up form is on every page at MacBytes. And also, while you're there, there's the MacBytes Live calendar. So always handy. Uh, as soon as the MacBytes Live event is considered, it is added to the calendar and will be added to yours straight away if you subscribe. So go to this site and uh, subscribe today. As usual,
0: you can contact us via the website or via email at macbytesuk And don't forget to check out the website, macbytes.co.uk, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash macbytes. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash thomasmike. You can follow me at twitter.com slash elaine So until the next time, this has been Mike and Elaine bringing
1: you Macbytes. Goodbye and see you next time. See you next time. Should I put Katy Perry in singing Peacock?